Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, welcome in. It's the Arrowhead Attic Podcast Thursday edition. Patrick Allen here with you, as always, to get you ready for Germany, Chiefs, Dolphins, and a big, big AFC matchup coming up this Sunday. I believe it kicks off at 8, 8.30 Arrowhead time. It's an early one. We're going to get you set for that. I've got Matt Verderam from Sports Illustrated coming up. He's going to join me. We're going to preview this game, talk about the trade deadline, all that good stuff. If you're watching us on YouTube, do me a favor, hit that like button, and let's get some Chiefs fans in here to talk ball with us. A uh, couple quick news notes before we get into it. The Raiders have fired Josh McDaniels. I am devastated. If there's one thing that I always hoped for in the AFC West, it would be that Josh McDaniels would be coaching one of the teams aside from the Kansas City Chiefs. But he's gone. He's out. It's another rebuild in Las Vegas. And Willie Gay Jr. was on the practice field today. I haven't seen the updated injury report yet. I don't think they've updated it. But he was out there. He was out there. I don't. He's probably going to be limited, but he was a DNP yesterday. The Chiefs are getting thin at linebacker. They're going to need him in this game if he can play. We'll see what the diagnosis is on Willie Gay Jr. And then uh, uh, we got a contest uh, giveaway. If you've been following me on Twitter, we're working with our guy, Corey, the artist-in-chief on Twitter. He does all this great Chiefs-related original artwork. We're giving away a print. Um, you, you had to have already entered. And one of the things you had to do to enter was to be a fan of this podcast. Um, so hopefully some of you are watching and one of you is going to get that print. We're going to give that away in just a minute here. And then I got to let you know that if you haven't downloaded the FanDuel Sportsbook yet, you definitely are going to want to take advantage of this limited time offer. After signing up, new users must deposit $10 and place a first wager of $5 on any pregame money line bet. Uh, and if your first bet wins, you'll receive $150 in bonus bets. With NBA season starting last week, FanDuel is offering a special second promo to all users. If you place your bet on any NBA pregame money line, you will also be eligible to receive three months of NBA League Pass for free, whether you win or lose. That's that's worth it right there. This is uh, on top of receiving $150 in bonus bets if your first bet wins. You'll be eligible for both promos by signing up through our link, uh, bit.ly uh, bit forward slash arrow 150. I'm sure the link is in the description. It's probably at the bottom of the screen right now. Using our link not only gets you these fantastic bonuses, but it also directly supports this podcast. So if you haven't signed up for FanDuel, make sure you do so by scanning the QR code on the screen. Oh, there we go. And by clicking the link in the description below, if you're listening to the audio version, the link is bit.ly forward slash arrow 150. This offer is only available to new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in a legal gambling state. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check out the episode description for our signup link and full terms of the offer. Okay, let's get on with it. Let's bring in our guy, Matt Verderam, Sports Illustrated. You know him, you love him. He used to be a co-host of this podcast. He's writing over at Sports Illustrated. What's going on over at uh, SI.com this week, Matt? Same as usual. Uh, quarterback rankings, uh, key matchup to watch for each game, which I wrote last night. It'll come out tomorrow. QB rankings are out today. Uh, and then my running column 
literally all day on Sunday because we're starting uh, Central Time at 8.30 in the morning and then just rolling all the way through to about midnight. So uh, looking forward to it. Uh, I've been spending a lot of time working on a on a very large project that aside that I'm sworn to secrecy too. It'll come out like January, but that has been occupying a lot of my time and thought. But I'm happy to be here and talk about a game that it seems a few people care about nationally uh, when it comes to the NFL this weekend. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Hopefully, you know, for, for Chiefs fans, if they win, because then you start, you know, you get up early, you get some football, you're wiping the sleep out of your eyes. The Chiefs go out there and perform. They win. Now you're feeling good. And you can just relax the whole day, enjoy the full slate of games. Um, I, I like when the Chiefs are on on a Thursday or a Monday because then I can watch. Is like, I'm an, I'm a maniac, you know, and I got that Sunday ticket and I got the four game view and then I got my laptop and I'm doing it there as well. I want to see everything that's going on around the league and uh, I'll be able to do that. But if the Chiefs lose or play like they did against the Denver Broncos and get wiped off the face of the earth, uh, I'll be in a bad mood all day long. And I don't want that. Yeah. I mean, look, this is a really pivotal game in terms of playoff seating. And I know it's week nine. I know it's the first week in November and things change. This is a really important game. If they win this game, they're probably going to be the number one seed in the conference if they stay healthy. Uh, probably. Things, you know, could they lose enough games to fall out? Sure. They probably won't. If they lose this game, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Miami's schedule is not that difficult down the stretch. Their last three weeks are hard. They play Dallas, Baltimore, and Buffalo. But other than that, their schedule is very easy. Um, and the Chiefs have Philadelphia, Buffalo, and Cincinnati still on the docket. Now, I will say this. All three are at home. And so, you know, you feel like you could certainly win one of them. Might even win two or, or even three of them. They're really playing well at that point. But, um, you know, that's a hard thing to do. I don't care who you are to, to, to play those games and win them. So, um this is a very critical game. Plus, it, obviously, there's a tiebreaker with it. So, you know, that that's the other factor. It's, it's Yeah, it's a game, but it's almost like a game and a half in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's a big one. We're going to get into it, preview that for you. Uh, but first, we got to let you – we got to talk about the uh, the trade deadline. I just wanted to touch base. Now, you were on with us last week, Matt, and, and you said what you were hearing was a pretty good feeling the Chiefs are probably going to stand pat course you never know things could change right off comes along Brett Veach is going to listen Chiefs didn't do anything and I think you know, obviously the, the fans are upset and I think they're I think rightfully so but I think particularly because of the performance against the Broncos I think if the Chiefs won that game and you know they've got their seven and two fans might have been annoyed but felt pretty good but when they go out and have a performance like that receivers dropping balls that's a tough one to swallow if you're a fan. Um, do you think making like did, did the Chiefs make a mistake by being idle at this deadline? No, because they don't have a choice. They like look, I said this on Twitter and I said this, I think I wrote it at one point. I know fans don't like to hear this stuff, but like this isn't Madden. And they can't just find cash. And you always get people who are like, well, then just restructure them. Okay, yeah. But then that hurts you down the road, makes it harder down the road to sign guys. You push more guaranteed money down the road. Like it becomes more difficult to deal with your cap situation. You keep doing that, you're the Saints, okay, who are 80 million over the cap every year and have no flexibility to do anything. It also costs draft picks. The Chiefs right now are sitting there with five draft picks next year. How many picks you want to give away? 
I don't blame them for basically saying, look, this team has one of the best defenses in football, the best quarterback, the best tight end, the top five offensive line, a really good coaching staff. Like, figure it out. Figure out how to win football games. And by the way, they have the six and two. But I, I don't, in a perfect world, I'm sure they would have loved to have gone out and addressed the receiver position. The other thing, though, is like how many receivers got moved at the deadline? One. Donovan Peoples-Jones. That's it. It's not like guys were moving all over the place. Mooney wasn't traded. Evans wasn't traded. Like Hopkins wasn't traded. I, I don't think the, the option was there. They got Hardman back. I think that was it. I was told by people close to the team that was pretty much going to be it, and it was. Yeah, it's it's fun to think about, right? I mean, right now you look at the immediate need. You want to win another Super Bowl. Go get a receiver. Bet the farm. Mortgage everything. But it it's like, would you rather have Adam Thielen for this year, you know, or DeAndre Hopkins, or would you rather have Trey Smith down the line, Nick Bolton, Creed Humphrey, like guys that are young, that are a core part of your team that are not going to be cheap. And then you, you set that up against, well, yeah, you could get one of those guys and then you might not be able to resign somebody, or you can count on Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid to figure out how to make Rasheed Rice continue to succeed or to work back in Richie James to get MVS going. I, I, I do see the chiefs line of thinking on this, even if, even though if I don't like it so much in the short term. And I think one thing that a trap that fans fall into is they see the chiefs play poorly against the dolphins and struggle a little bit on offense throughout the course of the season. And they think, well, this is how it's going to be the rest of the year. And that is almost never the case with with the Kansas City Chiefs. How you see them playing in September and October is not how they're going to be playing in December. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I also just think sometimes, like, we just try to write what a word this. Um, there is this tendency to just freak out if they lose a football game. They're the number one seed in the AFC right now. Like, I, they play like crap against Denver. Everybody with eyes can see that they play like crap against Denver. But they played like crap against a lot of teams last year. They won the Super Bowl. I mean, that's the NFL. That's football. This isn't Alabama against Presbyterian. Like, this is the NFL, and if you don't, if you don't play, well, you're going to lose. You know, you're not just going to win by 20. You're going to lose. Like, you, you have to perform every week. I do think there is something to the idea that, look, every week when the Chiefs strap it up and play somebody, that team, it's their Super Bowl. It is the biggest game they've played all year long. And for the Chiefs, it's Denver. That doesn't excuse the loss. Like I don't, I don't want to make it off, make it out like I'm like, oh, I don't, you know, I think they just didn't care. Like my point's not that it's acceptable. It's not acceptable. And they know that it's not acceptable. My point is they're human and it ha and it happens. Like at some point, you do just have to realize, you know what? Sometimes shit happens. Mahomes had the flu. You know, they 
he didn't play well. He uncharacteristically did not play well. Offensively, you know, they, they had some issues that they've had throughout the course of the year. And I do think that the receiving core thing's a real thing. But I would point out, they're third in the league in passing yardage. Right. Like, yeah. it's not like they're, you know, I would get this a little bit more if it was like, well, they're 17th or 14th. They're third in the league. They're third in the league throwing the football. Now, if you want to sit there and talk about yards per attempt, then they're more toward like, I think it's 10th or something. Their biggest problem is they have 16 turnovers. The only team with more is Cleveland with 17. That's it. They're the only team with more than Kansas City. The Chiefs have been a mess in that regard. But if you want to sit there and talk about the, the passing game, Mahomes is third in the league. One of the guys ahead of him is Cousins, who unfortunately I think we can all safely say he's he's done for the year. So there's that. In terms of average yards per attempt, okay, and I'm taking out Heineke and I'm taking out Will Levis because they've obviously started one game. He, my, right now, Mahomes sits 10th in the NFL. And he's actually tied for ninth. He's tied for ninth, okay? That's not exactly a disaster. Like, I just can't lose my mind if you care about QBR. He's second in the NFL. He's second in the league. So they've given up the fewest amount of sacks. I'm not sitting here saying, oh, I feel great about the way they're playing on offense. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is it's not like offensively there's some dumpster fire. They're not. They're still one of the top three passing offenses in football. Like, they are that, even with these receivers. So, to me, you want to fix the offense? Score in the red zone. Stop turning the ball over. You do those two things, all of a sudden you're going to go, well, you know, I don't really care about the receivers. Still scoring 30 a game. Yeah, That's where you'll be. Yeah, and it's um, – the whole league is down offensively this year, except for the Dolphins. Uh, if you look at the Chiefs this year and last year, they, they're way down. But then you look and see where they're ranked offensively, and you're like, geez, everybody is down. Right. Have you noticed, is there a trend? Is it is it the way defenses are are playing that are limiting offenses right now and everyone's kind of trying to adjust to that? You know, I don't know. I, I think some of it is, and this is only a personal theory. I haven't asked too many people around the league. I think some of this is just the NFL now for about a decade, maybe a little less, has trended on defense towards smaller, faster guys up front. You know, these 290, 295-pound defensive tackles who are, you know, fitter, who can run, who can, who can get up the field, um, DNs who are 250, linebackers who are 230. You know, in the 90s, those guys were 300-plus yeah, up front, and the ends were 275, 280, and the linebackers were 255, 260. It's not the case anymore. I think what's happening now is defensive coaches, they can match you speed-wise. They can run in a way that a lot of these teams couldn't run before. And so now you can kind of play – with the two two high safeties and take away the deep ball, you can also run fast enough to take away a lot of the underneath stuff. And I think that portends a return to power football in the next couple of years, where you're going to see some team that says, you know what, we're going we're gonna to bring a fullback in and we're going to run power. And there's nothing you're doing about it because your defensive tackle is 285 pounds. Here it comes. I, but I think right now we're in a little bit of this like kind of pivot point um, I I just you know look I think defensive it, defensive stuff is always cyclical just like offensive stuff is I think we're to a point now where defenses have gotten lighter they're willing to concede the run more, um, 
And because of that, you get fewer possessions in, in every game because you're running more clock. So I think it's all kind of a domino effect. So if there's anybody who can adjust to all this, it's Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. But it takes two to tango in the passing game. And obviously, Sky Moore's taken a lot of heat. Andy pointed out on that drop that the DB's hand was on Sky's arm. I, I did know. see that. It, I still think he shook out the ball. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think on, he yanked the football. Field. Like, yeah. I don't, I, you know what? I, and I get it. And you know what? I could show you 20 clips where that happens in the NFL and it's not called. Like, be stronger at the catch point, go through it. Yeah. I, I mean, it, you got to catch, and, and let's also keep this real. It's not like that's the first time he's dropped the pass. Right. You know, if that if that's Travis Kelsey dropping that ball, maybe you're more after Big Gary, maybe, you know, he's interfered with. Catch the football. That ball. Well, he wasn't in great he, position. He he, he was no, over right. here. He, he didn't adjust. He's to no. the side. Like, uh, look, I never make it personal. I never will. But from a football standpoint, he needs to sit down. He cannot play at this level at his current talent. Uh, I don't know what you'd even call it. His current talent uh, threshold. He yeah. is not a good football player for them, period. In my opinion, if they're running out three receivers – I know MVS has struggled. I'd still put him out there. He's a veteran. I trust he'll figure it out. I'd put Watson out there, and I'd put Rice out there. And I'd rotate Hardman and Tony in occasionally. But, you know, I got to tell you, Tony's another one. He doesn't get as much ire. What has he done? Can he ever go out and catch a pass and do anything? Can he ever do one thing? I mean, everybody always talks about his potential. I mean, potential is a fancy word for saying you haven't done shit. Because if you were any good, you wouldn't have potential. You'd just be good. And every week we got to listen, you know, I don't know why they don't play Tony. Well, because he's not good. If he was good, he'd play more. I mean, they're, they're not blind to this. Believe me, if, if they thought George Karloftis could play receiver right now, they'd be trotting him out there. Maybe we ought to give it a shot. Yeah. Like, but I, they're, they're not playing Tony more than a dozen to 15 snaps a game because he can't play. Like, th- that's just reality. He cannot play. If he could play, they'd put him out there. They gave up a top 100 pick for him, and they basically said, no, we're good. You can't play well enough to get on the field. And a lot of years you'd say, well, maybe it's he's a younger guy. I mean, they're playing Rasheed Rice because he's producing. So I I would put MVS and Watson out there more than the other guys, along with Rice, of course, for one reason and one reason only. I trust they'll run the right routes, and I trust, by and large, if the ball's thrown to them and it hits them in the hand, they're going to catch it. Like, I, I, I would rather watch them have to be a little bit more underwhelming in terms of Athletic ability with Watson, maybe a little more limited in the route through than MVS. But you know what? I know that he's going to catch the football. That if that ball hits Watson in the hands, he's going to catch it. If, if the ball hits MVS in the hands, and I know he fumbled, I get it. That's not some habitual problem with him. Like, catch it. Catch the ball. Make a play. I watched that guy basically win him the AFC title game. Okay? I know with Kelsey, and we all know with Kelsey, like if he gets the ball thrown to him, he's going to catch it 99 times out of 100. Rasheed Rice has had some issues dropping the ball, but you know what? That kid's dynamic enough. Keep going back to him. Right. The rest of these guys, nail him to the bench. Don't yeah. even think twice about it. You can put up with the drops from Rice because he's doing something yes. other times. He's yes. getting open. He's, you know, when 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 Sky Moore gets two targets in a game and drops one of them, and Rasheed Rice gets four or five targets and gets 70 yards and drops one of them, it's just a different, it's just different. Yep. But do you think that Andy will move off Sky Moore 
because that's not generally his mo. No. And 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 uh, is he going to regret sticking with him? Uh, I don't think he's going to move off of him because it's just unending. Like I, I mean, he. It's not like you're even seeing a dip in snaps. Like he just keeps playing. There's been a minor dip. He went from like low 40s to like 33, but he's still playing a ton. I think at some point, though, it's going to, and I really believe this, it's going to get to a point where Mahomes is going to go to Andy and be like, I've had enough of this. I've had enough of this. Stop playing him. And at that point for Andy, you have to stop playing him. Like, I I don't know what else you're going to need here. Um, I also think that in this game in particular, they are going to play a lot differently schematically than they've played a lot of this year. I think you're going to see a lot of things out of them you haven't seen to this point in the season um, for a variety of reasons. The way Miami plays defense, um, the Chiefs know it's an important game. I, I think you're going to see a lot of different stuff in this game than you've seen the first eight weeks of the year. And maybe that means more goes to the bench to some degree in this game. I don't think he's going to get completely benched, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's at least a, continual, a continual decrease. By the way, one stat that I find fascinating, the Dolphins have punted 20 times in eight games this year. The Chiefs have punted 23 times. Like, again, just to bang that point home from earlier, stop turning the ball over. They're stopping themselves. And the Dolphins are number one in the red zone. Chiefs are 17. That's the big difference right now. Speaking of things we haven't seen this year, Richie James is yep. back out there. Uh, there. There were reports right before the deadline that the Chiefs might be trying to trade him, which I thought was strange because – they kept him. They were playing him in the first game. He then they they they've basically lost Justin Ross at this point. While this, he's got this legal stuff going on, and other guys aren't playing well. Did you hear anything about Richie James being traded? And and do you think he can give this team anything when he comes back? I didn't. I, I also will be the first one to tell you. I wasn't sitting there like ear to the ground trying to figure out if he was going to get traded or not. It, it wasn't. It wasn't too high on the priority list. But I, um, I I don't know. I and mean, before he got hurt, he was. Not playing. They weren't putting him on the field except for on returns. But he had almost 600 yards with Daniel Jones last year, which I, I honestly think they should waive the five-year waiting period for the Hall of Fame for that alone. Yeah. I mean, if I'm the Chiefs, I'm trying. I'm trying everything right now. Everything. You know, I don't know how you could. I, again, I, I will say, though, I, again with this, I do not think it's as dire as people think it is. They are third in the league in passing yardage. They're top 10 in yards per attempt. They're second in QBR. They're first in sacks a lot. Like this, this is not some cosmic disaster with them. He's on pace to throw for 4,800 yards and like 32 touchdowns. This is not something you look at and go, oh, my God, what are they going to do? This, to me, comes down to you have got to stop turning the ball over, and you've got to stop beating yourselves in the red zone. And if that starts to go away, those two issues get fixed. I guarantee you we're all going to be sitting here going, wow, you know what? Score 30 points. With 35 points. The receivers are a problem, but they're mitigated by the fact that you have Kelsey. So you don't need number one receiver. You need a number two receiver. And I think Rice is a number two receiver. I really do. Like, I think that kid's only going to get better. And if Watson's your third and MVS is your fourth, you want to flip them. There's a lot of teams that are worse than that in the NFL. Like, that is the one thing I think people do have to understand. Everybody always, like, when they look at the Chiefs, like, oh my God, the receiver. But Kelsey's the number one receiver. He's the number one receiver on the Chiefs. He's that guy. Everybody else falls in behind him. And so I think that's where you got to continue to see an ascension out of Rice and figure it out. But yeah, James, I mean, look, I think they're going to try. They're going to try to work him back in for sure. It'd be crazy not to. 
I'm with you, man. Let's see what the kids got. Our own Sterling Holmes, big, big Richie James guy. Um, well, let's get on to the game and, and preview it. And the injury report just got updated from the Chiefs. And some good news and some <laughs> some good bad news. Uh, the good news is Jarek McKinnon and Willie Gay Jr., who are both DNPs on Wednesday, were limited in practice today. That's what they need to do to start moving towards playing. Okay. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who has an illness, did not practice and is out. He yeah, because they probably don't want him on a 10-hour flight. Yeah, yeah, which is which is smart. And they're leaving tonight, right? I think they're well, leaving tonight. Afternoon. I'm yeah. pretty sure they're already gone. So they had a practice, and then they so. got on the plane, it looks like. Showered up, got on the plane. Um, smart move. Because if that, what you know, Mahomes was sick. If if Clyde's sick, no way. You're not locking him on a plane with everybody. Um, so it's going to be interesting. They'll be a little bit. Do they have any other running backs? At, at Jarek McKinnon, Pacheco. Is there any? Have you seen home? the way they use running backs? <laughs> That's true. They're only going to run it. They could have yeah. left all of them at home. Yeah. I, I mean, they just you know, run like a halfback dive with Gray like five times yeah. and call it a day. I think they'll be okay with uh, Pacheco and McKinnon. Yeah, let's uh, let's hope so. Well, let's get into the game here. So, uh, Chiefs six and two, and they're playing the Dolphins. Also six and two. Is this a home game for the Chiefs? This counts yeah. as a home game. Yeah, yeah, this is their extra home game. Um, and it's going to be in Germany. Uh, so the Chiefs are one and a half point favorites in this game. And do you think Vegas? This is an interesting one, right? Because the, the um, Germany is a big market for the Chiefs. It's presumed that there are a lot of Chiefs fans in this market, and that it will feel a little bit like a home game for the Chiefs more so than the Dolphins. Now, normally, uh, the home team's given three points as a standard. So at a one and a half, now this is a neutral site game. So do you think this is a, a neutral site, true one and a half point line, or is it being looked at by Vegas as a little bit of a home game for the Chiefs? And are the Chiefs technically dogs in this one? You know, I, I think, first of all, no, they're not technically dogs. I mean, look, this is basically being treated line wise like a Super Bowl, right? I mean, it's essentially it's a neutral site. I know they're home, but they're not really home. So like nobody, nobody's looking at this game as like, oh, the Chiefs are actually the home team. The line was originally three and a half. Yeah. And it dropped all the way to one and a half because people are betting on the Dolphins like crazy, which is expected. I would think that in, in the end, the Chiefs are probably going to get bet up a little bit by the Sharps as this game goes on. Um, no, I think it's look, the, the line's fair. I mean, hell, the Bengals are one and a half point favorite over the Bills, and they're in their own building, which yeah. that I find to be kind of surprising, quite honestly. I thought that'd be more like three. Philadelphia at first was in a three-point favorite at home against Dallas. It was two and a half. So it's some weird lines. No, I, I think, look, in, in some books, the Chiefs are a two-point favorite. So um. Yeah, it's being treated essentially like this is what it is. It's a neutral side game. Who do you like? Vegas is saying the Chiefs are a slightly better team. Um, the over-under over is uh, 50 and a half. Do you think – what are you taking if you're betting the over-under? Under. The under. Yeah. The under. I think Kansas City's defense, like that is the one thing that everybody's been so preoccupied talking about the offense. Kansas City's defense right now is the best defense in the NFL. Like statistically across the board, the only argument you can make is Baltimore. That's it. If you look at the Chiefs on defense this year, good luck finding where they really stink. Yards per play defensively, tied for second. Um, you want to go to you know uh, what? The net yards per pass attempt, they're second. Um, they are, in terms of sacks, tied for second. Pressure rate fourth. Hurry rate, they're uh, excuse me, hurry rate, they're they're top ten. I think they're like eighth. Um, 
I mean, you go on and on and on. Missed tackles. The, the only team with less missed tackles in them is Dallas, and that's because also Dallas only played seven games. She's played eight. Everybody who's played at least eight, she said the lowest amount of missed tackles. Uh, they have given up, and I think this is going to really matter in this game. Lo- fewest yards after the catch per game in the NFL, not even close. Uh, they're top 10 in air yards allowed. They're really good there too. The Chiefs are phenomenal defensively across the board. I mean, phenomenal. Everywhere you want to look, every, everything you want to talk about, their top, their top seven in, in yards per completion allowed. Uh, and quarterback hits, they're second. Miami's actually first. Um, the, the Chiefs, I mean, the only thing you can really kind of do on them to some degree is run the ball. The Chiefs are tied for like 24th yards per carry. But if you go to actual like yards per game allowed on the ground, they're middle of the pack. So the Chiefs defensively are really, 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 really good. I do not think this is going to be a game where Miami's getting into the 30s. And offensively with the Chiefs, I, I mean, you picking them to score 30 points right now? I, maybe. I don't know. I mean, if you told me they don't have a turnover, I'd pick them to score 30 points. How could you pick them to not have a turnover? They average two every game. So it, it yeah. just it depends how you feel about them. Yeah. Um, as you mentioned, uh, the the Chiefs defense is outrageous. Um, they're only giving up 16 points a game. Baltimore yep. is better than them by a point. And passing, the, the it's long been a defense that kind of bend, don't break, let, would let teams rack up a bunch of stats on them. Not this year, man. They're giving up 176 yards through the air a game. The only team that's better than them in that regard is uh, the Browns, 163. So they are they're elite, as you mentioned, by every measure. Um, so tail of the tape here, the Dolphins have beaten the Patriots twice, the Chargers, and I think a three-point game. They beat the Broncos 70-20 to 20 or something like that. Yep. The Giants and the Panthers. So not exactly murderers row on uh, their victories there. Uh, and they lost to the Bills and the Eagles. And this is the interesting thing about the Dolphins. When they play a team they should beat, they they beat them pretty easily. When they've the two elite teams that they've played, their top tier teams, the Bills, they lost 48 to 20. Yep. And the Eagles beat them 31 to 17. Yes. So they well, were offensively, Miami scored seven points. Yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah. So I mean. What what do you make of this team from like the before we get into the specifics of like the fifty thousand foot view of this team that is put up all kinds of great highlights and gaudy statistics on offense with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and the, the running backs are just having huge games and Mike McDaniel's a, a genius offensive play caller. But why is it when they played the Bills and the Eagles, they couldn't score more than 20 points? Physicality. Physicality. Watch those two games, that's a common theme. The Bills and the Eagles just beat the absolute daylights out of Miami up front. That was the difference. Philadelphia just embarrassed them up front the entire game. And Buffalo just bullied them. I mean, that's pretty much what happened. And if you're the Chiefs, you're trying to replicate that. And you have the horses to do it. I mean, you got a bunch of guys up front who can get home. You got good linebackers, especially if gay plays. You know, you got physicality on the back end. Like that's so how you got to play in this game. You got to be physical. You gotta you gotta really bring the wood in this game, and they can. Um, look, I think Miami's a very good football team. I I don't I, I know there are some people out there who doubt them. I think Miami is absolutely a contender. I think Miami's an excellent team. Tyree Kill might be the first receiver to ever have over two thousand yards. Waddle's good for well over a thousand. 
Uh, Mostert is averaging well over five yards of carry. Achan, before he got hurt, my God, the guy was averaging like 12 yards of carry. Yeah. So this is an offense that can get after you. They have they run more motion than anybody. They they give you a lot of looks. Tua is very accurate, uh, both short and down the field. So this is a game where look, I, I will say this. I think for the Chiefs defensively, you have to shut off the run on early down. Uh, early downs. I think you you can't you can't allow it to get in the second and five and second and four and then it's play action and you got to play. I, you've got to be, you've got to be able to handle the running game early. You don't have to necessarily completely shut it down, but you've got to be able to limit it. And then I think in this game, you want to have to make Tua drive the football. He's accurate. He's very smart. If there's one thing about Tua, he doesn't have a huge arm. Now, he can throw the ball like long down the field, but that's different than putting the ball on a, on a rope and throwing the ball, on, you know, 25 yards on an out route. Like, Eight that's a much yards. harder thing to do. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes people conflate arm strength with how far you can throw it. In the NFL, man, everybody can throw the ball 60 some odd yards. Okay. Everybody. It's how much can you drive the ball? That to me is, is the big thing. And if you're the Chiefs, I think you're playing a lot of coverages where you're going to leave that whole, you know, 15, 20 yards down the sideline and say, hey, beat me there. Beat me to that spot. I'm not saying let him complete it there, but, like, you want to make a tight window throw over the corner in front of the safety, go nuts, do it. You can't let him beat you over the middle. Everything between the numbers you have to try and take away, and you can't let the big rainbow bomb beat you. You've got to be able to try to force the ball outside the numbers, much like in a way that over the years they played Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Where they tried to take away all the underneath stuff, try to take away the big bomb and say, look, you want to throw the tight windows, you know, go ahead and try and do it. I think that's where you know, I would expect that the Chiefs are going to mix up their coverages. They do that every week. You'll see zone. You'll see man. Uh, but look, the Dolphins are a are very good team. And if the Chiefs aren't on top of their game, they could be exploited in a big way. Yeah, one thing I've seen that I was watching, and I, I, forgive me because I, I can't remember who I saw breaking this down. I think it was on TikTok, but somebody was breaking down a play that the Dolphins like to run. Um, it's an RPO, and they'll have they, they 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 do a lot of things to try to confuse the defense, and they use you hear them talk about the the cheetah effect. They've talked about it in the locker room. They use defense's fear of Tyree Kill against them to basically have breakdowns. And so they'll run this RPO where they'll put Hill in motion and he'll come across the quarterback and run a wheel route and Waddle will be on that side and he'll start running a slant or he'll go up the seam. And then the running back will go out to the flat. And in the clip that I saw, I think it was against the Patriots, the defensive back just who was on Waddle just completely forgot what he was supposed to do and flipped out. And both of them ran after Hill. Waddle just ran a seam wide open, easy touchdown do you think that from what you've seen from this Chiefs defense this year, are they disciplined enough to not take the eye candy? And does it help them that they go up against Mr. Eye Candy every week in practice and, and Andy Reid? Yeah, it does. I actually think a big thing that helps them is they go against an offense every week that runs a ton of motion. They see that all the time. Um, I, I think that, look, I mean, realistically, the one thing that I do think helps Kansas City in this game, it's Hill and it's Waddle in the passing game. You're not scared of anybody else. None of these guys. Like the rest of these guys, you're not worried about Craycraft and Chosen. And I mean, it's just not. Like it's nobody else is torn to George receiving. Like 
it's two guys that you have. Now, it, it's <laughs> it's great two guys, okay? The Chiefs ought to know with Hill and Kelsey. I'm not saying it's easy to stop, but what I'm saying is you're not game planning to stop five guys, six guys. You're game planning in the passing game. Obviously, Mostert's an excellent back. In the passing game, you're game planning to stop two guys. And I do think there's a level of and look. If you're the Chiefs, you're going to have your keys, you're going to read your keys, and you got to pass off. The Chiefs are excellent at doing that this year. I mean, they have they have all the statistics they have for a reason. They're really, really good at being able to communicate and do different things. I think a ton of this game comes down to how long can you make to hold the ball? Because I think the Chiefs' defensive line is, is an advantage in this football game. I do. And I know Dolphins fans probably don't want to hear that. Look, the, the Eagles beat the hell out of the Dolphins up front. And I know Armstead wasn't there. I, I get all that. They beat the hell out of them up front. The Bills and Armstead is their part of that game. We got hurt during that game. The Bills just beat the crap out of the Dolphins up front. If if you're the Chiefs, let's be real. Like, that's the game plan. You got to get to to and by the way, a lot of metrics would tell you you should blitz the Dolphins, which is interesting. You think like no back off. Like a lot of metrics actually say. Not that they're bad against it, but they're better when you're not blitzing than when you are blitzing. So, um, I mean, I look, I honestly think in this game, the Chiefs defensively are going to hold up. The question for me is, is Kansas City's offense going to score enough points? Um, and I think it comes down to turnovers in red zone. I do. I'm not going to – I know I'm a broken record with it. I think those are the things that really matter in this game. What about the familiarity with Tyreek Hill? Now, look, we all know – special, special player. It's, it's one of the reasons why you and I pretty much melted down live on air when they trade him. Um, he's not, you can't stop him. No, you're not going to stop You him. just can't. And if you think, if you think you're going to be able to stop him, you're, you're delusional. But the Chiefs had this guy on their team for a number of years and they used him to incredible effect and they, they saw everything that defenses threw at him and what he struggled with. And when what when things didn't work for him, how much do you think that familiarity is a, is a feather in the Chiefs' cap heading into this game? And and what do you think they'll try to do to stop him? It doesn't hurt, but I I always try to be honest. I mean that guy is a singular talent. Like I don't know how much it really helps him. Now I will say I think it helps in the sense they legitimately know how fast he is because they saw him every day in practice. Like that I think does help. You know, if Jerry Sneed's matched up with him, he knows what he's getting into. You know, a lot of times you hear people say it about, like, when you watch tape and then you get on the field and it's a whole different deal. They've been on the field with him. So I, I do think in that regard it helps. But, look, you're, you're not stopping Tyreek Hill in this game. Nobody's shutting him down. He is an unbelievable player who's going to be incredibly motivated for this football game. I mean, this, this is going to be a huge, huge, huge test for Kansas City. Now, you might argue the only receiver who's better than him, and it's an argument, you go either way, is Justin Jefferson. Well, the Chiefs completely shut down Justin Jefferson. Um, this year, here are Hill's game-by-game -game yardage totals. 215, 40. 157, 58. 181, 163, 88, 112. If you're the Chiefs, if you, like you're probably not holding to 40 or 58, although Buffalo held them to 58, Philly held them to 88. If you're the Chiefs and you hold into 100 or under, you're thrilled. In fact, I, I frankly, if they do that, I think they win the game. Because I don't know, like, with, with due respect to Waddle, who I love as a player, I think he's excellent. 
Waddle is the obvious number two on this team because he's got a Hall of Famer on the team. And so while you respect Waddle, Waddle's gone over 100 yards once this season. 78, 86, 46, 35, 51, 63, a buck 21 last week and a touchdown. A fine player. A fine player. Very good. But to me, he's not going to smoke you in this game, especially if you put McDuffie on him. Then I feel like it's a pretty good battle. I'm like, look, Waddle gets some and, and McDuffie will get some and, and you kind of cancel it out. And that, by the way, is the way I, I have a feeling that she's going to play this game. I think they are going to put McDuffie on Waddle. And they're going to say, we will live with canceling that out if, if need be, double hill basically all game long. And that is the one thing that when, when he was on the Chiefs, one team used to slow him down, Belichick. Yeah. They would just double him relentlessly. They were physical as hell. They double him. I, I mean, I'm not saying they're taking him out of the game doing that. He's a great football player, but I think that's probably your best chance is to get physical, double, play McDuffie on Waddle, and look, you should be able to win everywhere else in the passing game. I mean, they, they don't. A Smythe is a is a, a, a nice player, but he, he's not a guy they use a ton. The rest of the receivers are are, are are guys. So if I'm the Chiefs, I'm saying I'm doubling hell every play. Every play. And I'm putting my best corner on Waddle. Beat me. Beat me. Beat me. Beat. And, and maybe they do. And then you tip your cap. But that's how I would play the game. We had a super chat from our from our friend, Rhett Flo- uh, Frago. Um, we need to flood the middle of the field and make two a throw outside the numbers. On offense, we need to stay on schedule. No long downs and distances. I agree with that. And you and you basically said that earlier. Yeah. Force Tua to throw the ball outside of the numbers, drive the ball, tighter window throws. What about the running game in this one when it comes to Miami? They have just been able to pretty much do whatever they wanted. Dominant. Yes. And and it, it, they have such a balanced attack. Is it the teams are so terrified of Tyree Kill that they're able to take advantage of they, they've got they've got fast guys all over the place and they run the football and if the Chiefs have a weakness on defense as we mentioned earlier it's in the running game yes what do you do if you're the Chiefs in this one do you just let them run it I think you you have to make a commitment to the best of your ability on first down to try to stop the run if they want to run on second and eight I mean I think yeah a little bit you kind of live with it um but I, I think, look, if you're Spags, you're putting the onus. You're putting the onus on that defensive line. I'm telling them all week long, guys, you got to handle business up front. You got to handle business up front. You got to handle business up front. And then, look, Tranquil and Gay and Chanel, they're good at backers. They can flow to the ball. But I'm sitting there telling those, those guys, hey, look, you know what? If we get beat on a screen or two, I'll live with it. Get up field. Get up the field. Penetrate. Make a play. Um, the Dolphins are excellent at motion. They run a lot of eye candy. They're very, very good at it. You have to be able to study the film this week and know, okay, look, I, we know what's coming out of this. And, and Miami's going to break tendencies sometimes. They're going to get you, and you got, and that's okay. But you have to be willing to say, all right, look, if I see what I think is coming, like if I, if I think I have a good idea what's going, you got to go for it. And you know what? You get beat once or twice in the game doing it. Hey, okay, cool. Great play call. On to the next one. But you have to the one thing with the Chiefs, and I and this is to me really a, a great part of this game. The, the Miami Dolphins are the fastest offense in football. 
The Chiefs have a real argument of having the fastest defense in the NFL. Very, very athletic. That is going to be a fascinating matchup in this game. Like, and I'm not look, Tyreek Hill's faster than anybody the Chiefs have on defense, but like Willie Gay's one of the fastest linebackers in football. Tranquil can run. Even up front, the Chiefs are extremely athletic. I mean, they can move. I am very interested in this game to see what it looks like. And by the way, just to circle back on the point, I've seen a few, few people say, well, what about Braxton Berrios as a receiver as a third option? Braxton Berrios is basically Sky Moore. Okay. He's played eight games this year. He's 20 catches for a buck 94. Like, if Braxton Berrios goes off, God bless. Okay. I, I think yeah. if you're the Chiefs, you're willing to do. By the way, he's also limited with a hamstring injury right now. He doesn't have any game this year where he's at 45 yards. And in the last two games combined, he has three catches for 15 yards. I mean, that would would do respect to the man. I don't I don't think the Chiefs are too terrified about them targeting Braxton Berrios. Okay. I mean, you are you are horrified dealing with Tyreek Hill. You you certainly respect Jalen Waddle. The rest of them, like Cedric Wilson this year, has eight catches. Durham Smythe, who is their number one tight end, is 14 catches, no touchdowns. Not saying he's a bad player, but if you're Kansas City, like you're more than willing to go, yeah, man, we'll just single up on those guys, okay? Go nuts. Got to curtail hell to some degree in the game. That's obviously number one. Justin Reed was asked this week, you know, how how do you stop Tyreek Hill? And interestingly enough, his answer was, I think you got to stop the run. You have to stop the run first to put them in situations where you can pay a little bit more attention to him. So as you mentioned, first down is going to be key. And the other thing he mentioned, and it's the same thing you said, he said, be physical. He said, they got a lot of, a lot of fast guys on this team. They don't necessarily like to get hit and you got to hit them legally when the opportunity is there. So it sounds like the chiefs on defense have looked at the tape like you have and know that physicality might help them against the Dolphins. Well, look, and it's not, you know, I, I think sometimes people take it as like a big criticism. Some teams are more physical. Some teams are more finesse. Okay. The Chiefs for a very long time, frankly, were a very finesse team. Very much so. Um, they're not this year. The Chiefs defensively this season are a very physical team. I mean, Brian Cook is one of the harder hitters they've had on that team in a long time. Where he he can real I mean, my guy wasn't it earlier this year he laid out one of his own guys on a, on a ball down the sideline. I believe it, it was Williams or Watts. He crushed them. He hit he hit the receiver and the corner. Um, they are physical up front. They get after you. And look, Miami is a is again a lot like San Francisco because that's where McDaniel comes from. They are a rhythmic timing offense and when it's in rhythm it's a beautiful thing and it is very hard to stop if you can get physical and get them out of rhythm the game changes completely like completely the game changes and you know i know i mean look at what the chiefs have done with the niners in recent years and they've played them when the chiefs have gotten them off schedule it everything breaks down everything goes to like buffalo and philadelphia just flat out played bully ball against them. But like you're you're not getting free releases. You're not going to run the ball. Like we're just coming at you, coming downhill. And you know, some teams want to play like that. They just don't have the ability to play like that. Kansas City can. I would be very surprised and frankly disappointed in Kansas City if they don't play like that going downhill. I mean, you've to me in this game, I'm going to call it like it is. You have to be a little bit on the borderline in this game. And I don't mean in terms of dirty. You're never dirty. I mean, like, maybe you chuck them seven yards down the field. Call it. 
maybe you know what? You grab a little bit, you hold a little bit, to call it, call it on me, especially early downs. Like you're not doing that on like third and eight, but like first and ten, they're backed up. It's not the worst time in the world to, you know, chuck a guy seven yards down the field. Yeah. It's not the worst time in the world to, you know, hey, you know what? If I think this guy's got me beat a little bit, let's tug on the jersey. Nothing dirty, nothing where you're hurting anybody. But this is the NFL. I mean, that's that's reality. Like, I got news. The Pats used to do that to the Chiefs all the time. They mug them. They mug the shit out of them and beg it, beat, call it. It, it. And I will say, you do it early in the game because it sets a tone the whole rest of the way. If you don't, if you don't chuck seven yards downfield the whole game and then you do it late, it stands out. You're going to get caught. If you're doing it the whole game. At some point, the goalposts move a little bit, and so well, I, I'm not going to throw a flag every single play. You know, I'm not going to call. I'm not going to do it every single play. Again, it, it, it's smart. That's not dirty. That, that's smart football. That's and, and by the way, if I'm Miami, I'm doing the same thing against Kelsey. I'm hitting him seven yards down the field, eight yards down the field, right? I'm, I'm grabbing a little bit of jersey. Like, of course. Of course I'm doing that. I'm not saying face mask a guy. I'm not saying hit him all. But, like, of course. You're, you're seeing how much can you get away with where is the line? Some some officials are going to call it real tight. And you say, okay, it's tight today. It's the way it is. Some officials, you're like, you know what? Hell with it. I might chuck him at 10. See what happens. Like, you will. You have to find where that line is. Yeah, test the boundaries. All right, what about uh, on offense for the Chiefs in this one? <laughs> it's just hard to talk about this offense right now because they've looked so, so bad. Now, you mentioned you think they might pull some things out of their bag of tricks in this one that we haven't seen. If you're Andy Reid, how are you attacking this Miami defense? Well, I just – I don't even know that it's a bag of tricks as much as I think it's just – it's one of these things where if you're Kansas City, you probably have some plays that you hold back. In fact, you know, probably you do have some plays. You hold back for these games that really matter to you. This game, the the Buffalo game, the Cincinnati game, those games matter more. They do. Like I wouldn't even put Philly in that context because it's a non-conference game. Okay, it matters more against Miami. I would expect the Chiefs in this game to run about a half dozen to a dozen plays that are uns- that are unscouted looks, things that they have not done yet this year. You know, we go through this every year in the playoffs where they get in the playoffs and, and you're like, oh my God, what the hell? Like, where where's those 20 plays been all year long? Yeah, well, they were waiting. They were waiting. So I think if you're the Chiefs, you're not emptying the bag, so to speak. But I do think it's a game where maybe you break tendency here. Maybe you go, you know what? Out of this formation, 70% of the time we throw to the left. You know what? This time we're gonna we're gonna flip it, we're gonna throw right. Or maybe, you know what? On this play, we've been running this out and up, and we know that they're going to scout that. And on this one, we're going to just run a deep out. And that corner might bail off a little bit because he's looking for the out. That's the game within the game. And Miami's going to do the same thing. If you're the Chiefs or or if you're Miami, this is a game where you know that these coordinators, they're really good coaches. These guys are scouting everything. Fangio's on, on the Chiefs. He knows what they're doing. Spags is on the Dolphins. He knows what they're doing. These guys are old dogs. They've been around a long time. You know, this is the first time Spags ever seen an offense like this. This is the first time Fangio's ever seen Mahomes. Of course not. He was in the he was in the division as head coach. You are think. I mean, I guarantee you the Chiefs are even watching a little bit of Denver tape from when Fangio was the coach there. Also, don't forget 
this is the team, this is the coordinator, Fangio. He worked with the Eagles last year. The Eagles play that defense. Like, you're going to see a lot of cover one, a lot of cover three, okay? Middle of the road blitz percentage. I don't think they're going to blitz a ton in this game. They're going to play a little bend, but don't break. And that's that's the way that, Span, that, that, that Fangio plays. You know it's coming. Like if you're the Chiefs, and so you have to try. We saw last year in the Super Bowl where on two different plays, they got him on these motions, right? Like, I'm not saying those are going to be the plays, but you have to find that little bit of, okay, you know what? This guy's got a tendency, and maybe he's going to play off our tendency, and we're going to break here, and we're going to do some things. I would expect in this game you see some of that stuff. The, the Dolphins are going to give you some single high looks. You got to be able to take advantage of it. And the Chiefs do, despite their issues at receiver at time, they have some speed to do it. They do. I mean, so can you hit on them? That, that's a huge part of this game. The Dolphins give up 108 yards rushing per game. We talked about the Chiefs needing to run the ball against Denver, and they just flat out refused. In right. the other games that the the Dolphins have lost, teams of the Eagles and Bills ran on them quite a bit. Do you see the Chiefs actually utilizing their running game in this one, or is Andy just going to let it fly? You know what? I I always go against this every time because you and I have done this for years, and I always say it's Andy. They're not going to run the ball. I actually think they're going to run the crap out of the ball in this game. I do, I do. And, I, and honest to God, one of the biggest reasons why is. I think if look if you think about it from Miami's perspective, right? If you're Miami, I don't care what Mahomes just did in the last game. Like he's number one, two, and three in your priority sheet, and Kelsey's four, five, and six. I think we're going to see more two tight ends in this game. I think the Chiefs are going to say, "Look, Gray's one of our better options when he's on the field. Kelsey can run or block, or you know, catch or or block." The Chiefs have a history of when they need to win a game and they got to go back to basics, they will run the ball. Go look at the Super Bowl last year. They're in the daylights out of the ball in that game. I do think there's an element. When I say run the crap, I don't think they're going to rush a 200 yards. But like, I do think they're going to make a very concerted effort to run the football in this game. I think Pacheco is going to get 17 to 20 carries in the football game. I do. I think... There will be an element of it. now. If they're just coming out and they're just throwing it all over the place with success, then maybe that changes. Maybe they go well, hell with it. Let's just throw it. But I think in this game, you like Miami has a good front. Okay, Sealer and Wilkins and 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 Van Ginkle behind them, along with Long, and on the edges you have Chubb and you have Phillips. Miami's got a good front. But if you're Miami in this game, like you're, let's face it, you're more concerned about stopping the pass as are the Chiefs. I think that's where. Can the Chiefs run the ball a little bit and force Miami to play a little bit differently? And that might open up the receivers. Where if you're Miami and you can't run the ball well, I mean, you you still have the ability to throw over the top. The difference is, is Kansas City's defense is better. I mean, Kansas City defensively can just match up more straight. So it's fascinating. But I do think they'll run the ball because I think they have to get back to basics a little bit. Remember last year they lost to the Colts? What did they do against the Bucks the next week? Ran the they ran the ball relentlessly in that game, 186 yards. It's the 49ers, too. They ran down there. They throat. ran, like, in those games, they were like, look, F this, man. We're just going to pound the ball. Again, I don't think they're just going to sit there and run 40 times. But to your point, by the way, like last year, when they played the Niners, they ran for a buck 12 on 5.3 yards per attempt. 
when they played the when they played the uh, Buccaneers and they scored 41 points. And that night they ran for a buck 89 and two touchdowns and Tampa had six carries for 3 yards. Like I think the Chiefs will make an attempt to run the ball in this football game. I think it'll be a big part of their game plan. I think they're going to need to, and it doesn't hurt to keep that Miami offense off the field a little bit as well. And it sets up things for the Chiefs offense. It gets gets a little more space. No doubt. Um, All right. We're going to get to our predictions for this one in just a minute. Um, I just wanted to hit some keys to the game before we do. Look, for me, on offense for the Chiefs, they need, and and, uh, Rhett pointed this out in a super chat, move the chains, stay on schedule, don't get stupid penalties. Don't get behind the sticks. Find balance with the run, protect the football, and avoid avoid the shootout. Don't try to go in there and chuck it because they've got Tyree Kill. Like, don't do it. On defense, I think they got to stop the run, be physical, and limit explosive plays. I think if they do that, they'll keep things close, and if they can get their offense going, they got a good chance to win because their defense is terrific. Um we're going to get to AFC contenders and pretenders real quick. We're going to do our final score predictions. Before we do, just a quick update. We have a contest. We were giving, working with our guy on Twitter, at Corey04, the artist, Corey the Artist in Chief. You've probably seen him if you're on Twitter. Um, we're giving away a really awesome print. Check this out. Uh, that's that's Mahomes and Max Crosby from uh, from an actual game uh, that that happened. Um, they, got, they were drawn a little bit. Pretty cool. We're giving. We've been giving away a print. We've been promoting it for the last week on Twitter, and I'm I'm happy to announce that the winner, and I'll be reaching out to you. If you, hopefully you're watching, but if you're not, I'll be reaching out to you on Twitter. Is uh, Chiefs Chick Texas at Chiefs Chick TX on Twitter? If you want to give her a shot, let her know she won. Hopefully you're watching. Uh, we appreciate everybody who entered um, and helped push this great artist's work out there. And uh, I'll be reaching out to you to get your information, and we'll send that on out. So make sure you check out. Um, you know, at Corio uh, four on Twitter as well. And, 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 you know, he sells his work. You can buy it. So if you didn't win this one, uh, support him. Uh, there's, there's a lot of great artists out there who do chief stuff. And I think he's one of the best. So check it out. Okay. Really quickly, AFC contenders and pretenders. Now, sometimes we come back to teams because things change throughout the course of the season. And I think we might've hit on these guys before, but I thought now was a right time to discuss them again. Uh, AFC contenders or pretenders, the Cincinnati Bengals. Where do you stand on them right now uh, at the beginning of November? Oh, they're they're a contender. I mean, look, I said all year long, if they get healthy, they're a contender. They're a contender. They, I mean, Burrow's healthy. They destroyed the 49ers. Um, I would argue they're the biggest threat to Kansas City in the AFC. Again, I think they're a bigger threat to them than Buffalo, Miami, Baltimore, Jacksonville. Like, Cincinnati is 100 percent extender. I, I don't I don't know how you can argue they're not. And by the way, for the record, that game against Buffalo on Sunday, I have a very strong feeling Cincinnati is going to show why they're a contender in that game. Mm. It's going to be a good one. That's a that's one of the ones I'm looking forward to this week. They were it's it's so funny that they were so bad. I mean, they were horrid at the beginning of the season, and now they look unstoppable. And it's I think a good reminder to Chiefs fans that sometimes stuff's going on. And I don't think any of us sitting here ever thought the Bengals were going to play like that all year, that they were going to figure it out unless, unless Burrow just couldn't get healthy. Right. And, right. Right. But like if they got healthy, the talent is there. This is the same team that's been the AFC championship game two years in a row, went to the Super Bowl. 
the, it's the same thing. The Chiefs are better than they were last year. They have a more talented team on defense. I think they're right there on offense. And when they lost Juju Smith-Schuster, they can replace Juju. They're going to figure it out. I think they're going to figure it out. And I think they're a better team than they were last year. I'm fascinated to see the Chiefs play this Bengals team this year because they've had such trouble with their offense and and the the wide receivers mossing everybody and stuff. And now the Chiefs defense has finally arrived. Who do you like in that matchup? In Kansas City against Cincinnati? Yeah, Chiefs defense versus the Cincy offense. I mean, right now, I, I like Kansas City's defense is bad against anybody. Yeah. So, look, I think that'd be a pretty. I, I will say this: I think right now, that game would come down to what it's come down to every time they play each other. Field goal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who's got the ball last? Yeah, I tell me who's got the ball. Two minutes left. I, I think. I, I think it's. You know, the Chiefs match up better probably than they ever have defensively. So I guess I would say I like the the Chiefs defensively. But, yeah, it's – whenever they play the Bengals, man, that game is no joke. Like, that – I know it's not exactly the high-level analysis people might be looking for, but, like, that that game genuinely comes down to – it's chess match. Anarumo against Mahomes, Burrow against Spagnolo, and it's just you're going to spin the wheel, man. And like, who's better ready for what's coming out of that day? Yeah. I mean, that if those teams see each other in the AFC title game, it's going to be a brawl. It just is like, and you know, it's going to be on December 31st, and they see each other. That game is going to be a fist fight. This is what it is. Is every time they play them. Yeah, I'm excited to see the Chiefs pass rush this year against this team because I think with Omenahue, Carl Loftus looks like he's making the leap. Dan is playing well. You've got Chris Jones, obviously. I I, I think that's where they they really found an advantage in that AFC championship game. They found some ways to get pressure. And yep. I think they have more ways to get pressure this year. So it's going to be a fascinating. Uh, and I think you're right. It's going to come down to the end of the season again. All right, let's get to our final score predictions. Uh, you're the guest, so you kick us off. Chiefs, Dolphins, big game. Who you got? I like Kansas City 27-23. I really do. Like, I genuinely do. God knows I'll pick against Kansas City. I picked against them in the AC title game last year. People are still yelling at me about it. Like, I look, my feeling on it comes down to a few things. They were so bad last weekend. I really do believe that this week they will have a focus on not turning the ball over. And I think if they have one or fewer, they will win the game. The red zone concerns me, but I think they're going to get down there enough that I think they'll be, you know, maybe they'll maybe they'll make four trips, they'll split them, and they'll maybe they get one touchdown from outside the red zone, something like that. Um, I really think they're going to win the game because of their defense. I really do. Like that to me is the differentiator in this game. Like I just, I think that the, both teams will move the ball some, but I think the Chiefs defensively are going to flat out win some downs, get off the field. I think Miami has the capability to do that at times, but I don't trust Miami's defense to get off the field nearly as much as I trust Kansas City's. Kansas City's has been a better defensive team than pretty much everybody all year long. I respect Miami. I would not be surprised if Miami wins. I will also say this. I believe in the power of thinking you can win and knowing you can win. Miami has never beaten a team like this in a spot that really matters. And look, 
I'm also going to say this, no matter who wins the game, this is not exactly the you know the AFC title game. Okay, it's week nine. I mean, whoever loses this game, if they see each other, could pummel the other one in the playoffs. So it's not like, and I'm getting that out of the way right now, because no matter who wins, it's not like it's some referendum on who's going to win in January. But I do think the Chiefs are a much better defensive team. I think Mahomes will play much better. I think they'll throw some things in Miami that Miami hasn't seen. And I think this is a big Spags game. I do. Um, I think I think Kansas City finds a way to win this game. And I think they come out of it feeling like, you know what? If we play like that, we're in pretty good shape the rest of the way. I hope you're right, man. I traditionally have picked against the Chiefs when they play a game like they played against Denver. And my 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 thesis, ethos, whatever you want to call it, in those situations has always been, hey, they're playing like garbage. And when they're playing well, I'm going to pick them until they stop playing well. And when they're playing like garbage, I'm going to pick against them if they're playing a good team when uh, they're playing like garbage. But I'm not going to do that this time. I've got the Chiefs in this one, 28-24. to 24. I think it's going to be a close game. And I think the difference is, is going to be in this game. I, I, I think they're going to figure out some things on offense. I think it's still going to be a work in progress. But what's going to be different in this game that we didn't see very much of against Denver because he was sick is Patrick Mahomes running the football. And he does that in big games when he knows they need it and they need a win. And I don't think he – you could tell the way he was moving around. He was just standing in the pocket. He did not He did not want to run. I mean, you know what it's like when you get a fever and you get up to do anything. You're just – you're out of breath. He really gutted that game out. And he ran a little bit when he had to and escaped the pocket. But I think it really cut off in a, a really crucial part of his game. And I think that, along with the turnovers – really limited them. I don't think they'll be limited in this game. I think I think Mahomes is going to run for over 50 yards in this game, and I think that's going to be the difference. He's going to extend drives when the Dolphins do everything right and they cover everybody and nobody gets open, and then Mahomes is going to run seven yards and slide and get a first down. It's going to drive them nuts, and they're going to finish in the red zone. 28-24, Chiefs. It's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes twice in a row. And after that game, I think you're going to see Petty Mahomes. I think you're going to see a really focused Super Bowl caliber team. Well, it also doesn't help that Tyreek Hill's given him about 8,000 words worth of motivation for this game. So yeah. that, I'll tell you right now, I thought about this the other day. If Mahomes, if, they, if he does something to clinch the game, he's absolutely going to throw up a peace sign this game. <laughs> I hope so, man. After like all, if tough- he, like if you're right and he runs for yardage and he, it's like some game clinching scramble or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's coming. Yeah. 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 Oh, uh, that might be Corey's next, uh, next piece is Mahomes throwing up the peace sign. Um, all right. Let us know in the chat what your final score predictions are. We'll try to snag a few of them. I saw a couple already. Jay Ward says 24, 21 dolphins. Jay Ward's hopping off the bandwagon. He's nervous. Um, you know, look, this could be one of those games, man. If the Chiefs, if they if they play anything close to what they played like in Denver, you're going to want to turn it off at halftime. Uh, so it's not going to be good. But I think um, they play like that, they're going to lose by thirty. Yeah, it's not okay, going like, to be good. You you could take that to the bank. They do that. Uh, good night. Yeah. So you you won't have to worry about watching the whole game. Save yourself some time. <laughs> Brian Gales has it. Chiefs thirty-one, Miami twenty-eight. Jones with a strip sack fumble. That's a, that's a likely outcome. I could see that happening. All right, let's before we get out of here, 
Uh, let's do oh, KCDC, 42-42 overtime. Uh, it's a good, a good prediction. Uh, Oregon fishing, 31-20 to 20 Chiefs. Okay, Patty's power rankings. I called an audible on this one. I was going to do vacation spots for Iran, but then I decided at the last minute I had an idea because I was looking at the pennants over your shoulder, and I thought, why don't we rank our top three favorite non-Chiefs NFL logos? So your favorite any order, I don't care if you if you rank them in order, but what, outside of that arrowhead, which which NFL helmet logos do you like the best? Oh my god! Um, wow! And you can go back into history too on this. I I don't think they All have right. to be current. All right. Um, one of them would be the Houston Oilers. Yeah, one of them would be the Houston Oilers. Uh trying to think i was really ripping through them in my head right now trying to think of like which ones i don't want to forget like an obvious one um just in terms of the logo i uh i would probably say it's, it's blasphemous as a chiefs fan i guess but um the old the old broncos logo with the horse coming through the d so good it's good you know, the, the new one is nonsense, but the, yeah. the old one was was good. And then, uh, th- then you know, I'll I'll go. Uh, I know it was hilarious at the time, but I'm on board with it. Is Bucko Bruce? Yeah, yeah. You know, those three also like you know, shout out to the old school, like the Packers logo and the Colts logo and the Steelers logo and so. But I mean, I I got to go with those. Um, yeah, I'm just making sure I didn't forget like any obvious one. I mean, the Saints one's cool because like it's a uh, you know it's an homage to New Orleans or anything yeah. else. But yeah, uh, yeah, those all go those three. Yeah, I gotta go. Um, San Francisco, I think they've got, got a great, great classic logo. I gotta throw Pittsburgh in there. I grew up in Northeast Ohio. I have no love for the Steelers, but it's just such an awesome, yeah, awesome logo. It's unlike anything in sports. It's just really, really good. I'm not going to put it on my list, but I, I do like the Raiders logo as much as it makes I me I thought about the Raiders. It's yeah. right up there. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good. Um, I'm going to go – I'm going to go – I love uh, – another honorable mention for me is is the old school Tampa Bay Buccaneers logo. Absolutely love it. Love the color scheme. They should bring it back. Um, but I got to go to the old Patriots logo. With it's the, a great one. Pat Patriots. Yeah. I mean, it's just – it's such a great – the, everything about it, the, the 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 whole uniform kit that they wear when they were, and then the field, it's incredible. And every time they bring it out, I plead on Twitter for them to make it permanent. And they go back to that. The nineties were bad for NFL logos. You know, you got that. That's That's when, is that when they did the late nineties or early two thousands when they did the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers one, it was like pirates. Yeah, late 90s, like 98, I think. It's all cartoony and too glossy. I just th- those old those old logos from the '60s and '70s and older are just so cl- like classic. And you mentioned like the Colts, the Cowboys, like these are so fantastic. I think very, 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 very rarely do teams uh, do they, they, they update their their uniform and it looks better. Yeah, very rarely. Yeah, every once in a while, like the Bengals. To be fair to them, they did a nice redesign. Their their logo. I mean, that they didn't like do a huge overhaul, but like I think they did a nice job with the uniform. Yeah. Yeah. Chargers, same type of thing. The Titans, I've never been a huge fan. They're even worse now. Yeah. Right? Jacksonville finally got it right after about 900 iterations. Like, Jacksonville figured it out. Cardinals should have just stuck with what they had. You know, they were big red in the 70s and 80s. Now there's all this 
BS. The old Seahawks uh, logo and you. Oh, they're great. Those ones they wore last week, they're yeah. beautiful. Like what? Yeah. You know, you get these stupid. They go, oh, you know what? We'll sell more jerseys. Great. Um, I tell you what, and I don't hate them. The Dolphins, the Dolphins in the '80s had great uniforms. Like why? Why change it, man? Yeah, they were awesome. Yeah. The Bills with the standing Buffalo, hilarious. Also yeah. pretty cool. Uh, but I will say the Bills did a nice job after all that disastrous look when they had like blood so on the team. Yeah. Be like the Patriots. I know you had a bunch of success with like the flying Elvis thing. I get it, but man, come on. It's awesome. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't I don't like the uniforms they wear. I don't like the logo. I think it's an abject disaster when they have it's not good. The perfect, perfect uniform. I'm trying to think all oh, the, the old Steelers ones. That was a good change. The uh the the, the prison uniforms. Yeah, well, that was from like the 30s. Right, but yeah. right. But still, I mean, it's an improvement. But the, the Lions <laughs> ought to go back to like the Barry Sanders era. Yes. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. And, and like they're not terrible now, but like, come on, man, they're better than like yeah. the Eagles. Go back to your Kelly Greens. Yep. The Giants. Go back to when. And now I'm biased on this. I know some people might argue with me. Go back to when it's like Giants on the helmet. You know, and that like Lawrence Taylor look. Yeah. They're like better. That. They're better. They're, there's nicer looking uniforms. Yeah. You know, but. Whatever, we're stuck with this garbage with half these teams, and I'm offended by it. Well, it does look like they'll never change the Chiefs. So Thank God. If they change the Chiefs, there should be an absolute <laughs> just riot in the parking lot if they change the Chiefs uniforms. Like those ones, say whatever you want about the Raiders, Colts, which they already have those awful alternates, but like the Steelers, the Packers, the those are those are historic, you know, Dallas. Yeah. Don't change those uniforms, man. They're yeah. iconic. Leave them alone. Yeah. Uh, all right, everybody. Well, we are going to get out of here. Look, we'll, uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Joe Summers will have the betting show. He'll get you right for this weekend's games. And, uh, of course, betting the Chiefs game if you're interested. Again, check out that link in the description if you want to take advantage of that promo and support the podcast. And we'll be back uh, sometime early in the morning, probably around 8 o'clock or so, for the Arrowhead Attic Chiefs pregame show. Uh, it's breakfast with Arrowhead Attic. So bring your coffee, bring your donuts. We're really looking forward to an early, early day uh, on Sunday and hopefully another Chiefs victory. Thank you so much to Matt Verderam for joining us. Thank you to producer Richard for making this whole thing work. Thank you to all of our members. If you're interested in becoming a member of the Arrowhead Attic Podcast community, check out the link in the description, or we'll see you in the Discord tonight for Thursday Night Football. Uh, But until Sunday, uh, we'll see you all. Thanks for your support, and as always, go Chiefs. Go Chiefs.